0: What do you do with your toothpaste tube once it's empty? Or the packaging of your lipstick? Or deodorant? Well, a lot of us throw them out, since packaging of beauty products often consists of many different kinds of materials. They're difficult to disassemble, and so they don't seem immediately recyclable to us. This alone is a major problem for the environment since the beauty and personal care industry produces more than 140 billion units of packaging every year. Most of this packaging consists of plastic, but there's also an excess of cellophane, cardboard and paper waste. And then you have the ingredients of the beauty products. There's an extensive use of palm oil in cosmetics, which can lead to deforestation. Fragrances, dyes and hairsprays that can lead to pollution. And come to think of it, what happens to all those chemicals in the dyes that your hairdresser uses? Well, I'll let you in on a secret. All that glitters is not gold. There's a dark side to the rapidly growing beauty industry. Luckily, some companies are now starting to provide a counterbalance to this trend. And consumers are showing their appreciation. This is visible in the Nordic countries. Here, the general demand for cosmetics and personal care products has made the region the sixth-largest market in Europe for multinational beauty companies. But the Nordics also have their own companies, and for them, it has become more appealing to groom the industry in a more responsible direction. In this episode, we'll look at this trend and try to predict the future of beauty. I'm Efton Halloran, and you're listening to the Nordic Talks podcast.
1: Over 12 years ago, we developed a system together with Stena Recycling because I thought that the chemicals being used in the salons, it, it can't be good to just throw it out in, in the in the wash bin. You know, it, it can't.
0: This is Johan Hellström, owner of Björn Axen, a brand of hair care products from Sweden. Later, we'll meet two other people a top model who created his own organic brand and a journalist covering the beauty industry for more than a decade. But back to the hair expert.
1: So we decided that nothing should leave any of our salons. Paper, plastic, uh, perm lotions, chemicals, whatever. All the waste. And we've done that for 12 years. And then we didn't speak about it because I thought it's something that just feels good Mm. that we're taking care of this.
0: Then something changed. Johan Hestrom is now the chairman of the Swedish National Association of Hairdressers.
1: When I became the chairman, I realized that, wait a minute, what am I doing? You know, I have a voice and I can actually make a change. I can see now that we have a major issue in the industry where I believe that the chemical waste that we use, uh, it is dangerous and it shouldn't be able to be thrown out.
0: We'll get back to Johan and his solutions to the problems with chemicals from hairdressing salons. And we'll also hear his views on the beauty industry in general. Johan took part in a live Nordic Talk event about how to build a more sustainable future for the beauty industry. The event was arranged by the magazine Scandinavian Mind and was held in Stockholm at the Transformation Conference. So let's take a closer look at what kind of industry we're dealing with. Cosmetics is innovation. This is Kiki Norman, another one of the participants at the event. She's the editor-in-chief of the Swedish magazine Daisy Beauty. When I
2: started writing about cosmetics, I thought, I'm going to learn all about cosmetics and then I'm going to move on and become a writer of some other subject. That's 15 years ago and I'm still
0: learning. There's so much happening. No wonder so much is happening. We're talking about an industry worth over 400 billion euro, and it's estimated to grow to 675 billion in the coming years. That's more than the yearly military budget of the USA. We'll soon return to why this industry is growing so fast. But for now, let's concentrate on the biggest challenges that the industry faces today. Packaging and recyclability and the content of the products themselves. The beauty industry has started to acknowledge that these issues are problematic. The question is, are companies doing anything about it?
1: Well, everyone says so, but they're not actually taking action. So I believe, you know, to take responsibility is not to say that we will in the future, it's about acting and doing it now. I'm quite sick and tired of everyone saying that 2027 we will be great and we will make a change. What are you doing right now? And this is unfortunately also something that is complicated for the end consumer. Because the end consumer needs to have a lot of knowledge about ingredients, is this good or not? They don't know, how, how could they, you know? The only thing they can do is to recycle and try to make good choices. So here we need to go back to the product development companies to take responsibility, but we also need to have responsibility from the government with rules and also uh, uh, nudge and make it easier for the clients or the companies to do the right thing. Today it's expensive and difficult. It should be easy and cheap.
2: But then you're talking about recycling, basically.
1: This is what I do, because when it comes to ingredients and when it comes to knowing for, for a consumer to look at the ingredients list and say, this yeah. is a good product or not, it's basically... Impossible.
2: Yeah, but we're seeing a lot of initiatives moving in that direction. Absolutely. I mean, the huge companies such as L'Oreal and Unilever, they are coming up with inventions and, and how to have a QR code on the package in order to see how all the ingredients work, how yeah. the product is done, manufactured, produced, how the villages that collect the ingredients yeah. are living and being treated, etc. And this so is I, a fantastic trend. Th- I think trend. It's, it's absolutely in the, going yeah. in the right direction. Yeah, yeah.
0: As Kiki says, change is happening. The two multinational companies that she mentioned, Unilever and L'Oreal, have pledged to make 100% of their plastic packaging reusable, refillable or compostable by 2025. Another company, Procter & Gamble, says that 100% of its products packaging will be recyclable or reusable by 2030. And you will find many newcomers on the market that are trying to do better. You'll find some who use glass packaging instead of plastic, or some who are changing the ingredients that they use in their products. One of them is a brand founded by the Swedish top model Roger Dupé. All the products of his skincare line called Melion are chemical-free, contain vegan and environmentally friendly ingredients, and have not been tested on animals has learned that it's a tough market out there.
3: It's really hard, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> I Welcome. mean, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know yeah, hard, yeah, I mean, I know that things are hard. It's not, it's not that I like... Uh, mistreated the industry. It's, it's more in the sense to create like sustainability and affordable yeah. product in a, in a price range that also uh, that the consumer think is it's good. That's mm. the hard part. And to do also something unique, to do uh, your own design, to think like in a 360 way, like and to have product that are sustainability, that's really hard. And I mean, that is something that's supposed to be easy. Mm. <laughs> not yeah. the other way around. You know what I mean. So it's really hard to tackle that, and also the price range. Like when you when you want to create something that is really good, sustainability, good for the body, and the ingredients, and so on. I mean, then the price <laughs> range going up <laughs> really fast. Mm. So so it's not an easy way, but I think it's it's good to speak about that topic. So so the consumer also understand when you do, for instance, a bottle in glass. Uh, it's not an easy thing mm. definitely not
1: I think what you're doing is amazing uh, but it is you need so much knowledge today you know that you have to nerd in on ingredients yeah. levels yeah. and and have knowledge that you didn't have to yeah. have before when you create your own product so so I believe you know reach out and ask for help when you need it yeah. and 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 keep on <laughs> keep on doing it yeah <laughs> right you're
2: mm-hmm.
0: a fighter yeah <laughs> yes. yeah yeah you' make this happen yeah. <laughs> Another interesting aspect of Roger's brand is that it only has four products and that they are unisex and designed for dark skin tones.
3: I am born and raised in Sweden. My parents come from Ghana and Togo in West Africa. And uh, I think I connect those kind of three words with Melian, but also to try to implement and do my voice and, and talk to the minority that actually is the majority in the world and to create something, something new that the world in the beauty industry haven't seen before. And, and I think that angle is kind of interesting for the moment and because of everything that's happened around the world, but also that the beauty industry has forgotten got a group of people that also should be involved and seen in the industry.
0: Roger's initiative reflects the underlying tendency of positive growth in the beauty products market. The main reason is that the demand has exploded in parts of the world that were previously ignored by the industry. Populous countries like China and India have emerged as giant markets due to a growing population of young people and the emergence of a vast middle class. This has also made the beauty industry develop loads of new products adapted to these consumers.
2: Rihanna and Kendo launched a brand called Fenty Beauty. They started with 40 shades of foundation, and now it's the industry standard. You can't launch a foundation unless you have 40 shades. And before maybe you got, I don't know, 10 or 12. So I think the industry is moving in the right direction, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Mm. And I mean, right now in the US, the generation of people born in 2007 or later, it will be the first generation in the US where whites will be a minority. So there really is a huge demand for the products you're creating.
0: I guess it's a positive thing that more people around the world get to access personal care products. That more people have the possibility to improve their personal hygiene and look their best. But this enormous growth worldwide also means more problems with packaging and ingredients. And you can also add a rising carbon footprint for the production and transport of the goods to that list. So what can different brands, retailers, and consumers do to speed up the pace of change in the industry?
1: I think it is so important for me to know what position I'm in. If I understand and I have knowledge... I can uh, make a change when it comes to whom I'm buying ingredients from, mm. and I can say no to ingredients that I know today is not good. Mm. Unfortunately, we have so much greenwashing that is incredible, and this is the hardest part for the end consumer. So I believe that this is a very important thing. I can change the factories if they don't do as I please, because we produce so much. So we as a company can take that responsibility. Um, And I think for consumers, it is very difficult to read on an inky list and see, is this good or not? So I think they have to, in the future, find companies that they can trust Mm -hmm. uh, and that they believe in. And, and this is what's gonna make a change. The more companies that, that demand good ingredients and that, that, that actually stop to buy the bad stuff, yeah. only the money will make the change for real. And legislation but we know that that takes a very long time it's very complicated but we need to get you know someone with a little bit more power to say stop this is now forbidden you know and we have a few of those ingredients coming coming up soon and then a lot of of problems hair care companies they will have a huge problem because these are ingredients that are in most hair care products and they're not good for environment
2: and it's the same thing with consumers. They vote with their money. So if they don't buy something, then the companies will stop making it. So exactly. So this is so important.
1: We need to be pushed from different yeah, angles. And yeah. everyone has to take their responsibility in to, to, to push this change to go faster. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Johan wants more regulation. And he supports a recent proposal from civil society organizations for new rules for hairdressers all over Sweden.
1: It's a new law that you have to register all this uh, chemical waste and make sure that you register how you take care of it. And now we have the facts. So now we can start to, to, you know, discuss with the government as well. They need to make it easier. All the communities around the country, they have their own rules. It's just like the corona pandemic. The government says that all the regions, you do it the way you want. It doesn't work. We need to have stronger leadership with strict rules this is how we do it and now figure it out so our brand promise is that we have to be kind to nature kind to humans but we we cannot give up on function and this is exactly the most important thing and i think when when we now can see the development in ingredients in in packaging we're not a hundred percent we're not there yet but we're getting there Mm. faster Uh, when we when we can make the function amazing and still you know, be, be environmentally friendly, then we have a product that will sell.
0: As Johan says, we're not there yet, which raises a question for you and I as consumers. How should we help shake up, make up, and groom ourselves for a future of greener personal care? I think
2: the number one thing to do is read reviews online. Just Google and try to figure out as much as possible. And then you have to try for yourself. Because even if someone says this is really good, whether that's a marketing department or or another consumer who wrote a review online, you have to try it before you know if it works for you. Because skincare and hair care, it's so individual. Uh, Just figure out what you like and keep going for that. All brands can have a social media presence and teach their consumers about what they are about, besides having a good product, because companies and brands will make information more available to consumers. But right now it's very difficult. You said it too. I mean, as an end consumer, how are you going to know if it's a properly sustainable company or greenwashing? Mm. It's almost impossible.
3: Of course, we, we all need to learn. We all need to be better. But I think the consumer has the power, like, like they said. Uh, and I think they, they should push on that and not be afraid to to change brand if they don't like uh, reach their criteria that is eco-friendly um, yeah to put a put a good point out there and 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 stand for something that is good
1: i would love the end consumer to do two things the first thing is to ask their hairdresser how do you take care of your chemical waste and here you need to be Open also to say either you do it or you don't. If you don't, well, then change the lawn. Here we have the money, we'll talk. You will make a change. So the consumer has great power here. And the other thing is uh, recycle the way you do in the kitchen in your bathroom.
2: Oh, then I want to add another one. Buy products without cellophane. Cellophane packaging is the worst. I mean, plastic waste, etc. Glass bottles, they can be good or they can be not so good, but cellophane is undoubtedly just useless and bad for the environment. Stay away from that.
0: Okay, so it might be a little difficult. And it may seem like one squirt of conditioner here and one dab of toothpaste there. But by slightly altering our daily routines, we can do our part. Another thing that I've noticed here in the Nordics is that more and more companies are improving their products. Whether we're talking about shampoo packaging made from renewable materials or facial creams made with fewer chemicals, there are many more options to choose from. And the competition is getting tougher. You no longer need to seek out a very specific store to find that niche, sustainable brand that you're looking for. This is great. After all, it's about time that the beauty industry got a makeover. Don't you think? If you want to arrange your own Nordic Talks event, you can read more at nordictalks.com. I'm Afton Halloran, and thanks for listening to the Nordic Talks podcast.